The best health care is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a health care partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast. I am your host, Brandon Jones, and in today's episode, we are talking about why do Black children with autism get late diagnosis or or are diagnosed late? Now, I know I haven't talked about autism on the podcast before. Honestly, I steer away from the conversation just because I have not had a ton of clinical experience with children with autism. I have had life experience with friends who had autistic children. Um, I've also run programs where we've served families who've had autistic children that were involved, but my clinical practice and my experience hasn't always involved children with autism. But I came across this article by the Child Mind Institute that covered this topic and they focused on race. They focused on African-American children and why they are late to be diagnosed with autism. And I found it very interesting. I found it interesting because this article touched on something that I noticed in my clinical practice with all African-American children, especially adolescents, is this is this factor of late diagnosis. So I wanted to introduce this article and then also give some insight and hopefully some encouragement for adolescents, for parents and caregivers, uh, when it comes to treatment and mental health and not to be afraid of treatment and dealing with this concept of stigma. And I think that that message will resonate with all people from all different ethnic backgrounds, especially Black folks. So let me share a little bit of from the article and then I'll get into my own perspective on this entire thing. So why do children with autism get late diagnosis? Exploring the barriers facing Black parents who seek early intervention for their children. The article was a pretty quick read. Um, The cool thing about this article as well is you can find it on our Facebook page. I'm going to go ahead and put that on our Facebook page. Um, It is not your fault, the podcast on Facebook. You can find the article there. The cool thing about the article is you can listen to the article. So if you're not a big reader, you you don't feel like you have the time. Maybe you're washing the dishes, doing the clothes, driving in your car, working out, doing something other than sitting there reading the article. You can hit the play button and the article will be read directly to you. We're not going to do that today, uh, but I just wanted to share that with you. But it says, according to one of the largest U.S. studies to date on the topic of Black children, on average, do not get diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, also known as ASD, until three years after their parents have initially voiced concerned to their pediatrician. This automatically places them behind the curve as they miss out on many of the positive effects of early intervention services. I've seen this so many times with parents, Black parents in more specifically, who waited so long before they brought their young person, uh, their their child to therapy, to get evaluations. Uh, They took the recommendation from what the teachers or the, the folks at school were seeing. Um, they knew they may have knew, known things. They may have seen things, and they may have said stuff like, 
oh, he's just young, he's going to work through it, or or it's just the growing pains, or they're just going through a little something, something, right? <laughs> it's like we have these sayings and we have this kind of wait and see approach to what's happening with our children in fear that they may be diagnosed or labeled or identified with a particular condition or disorder. We'll get back to the podcast in a minute, but first. You manage expenses. You manage risk. You manage market fluctuations. You manage productivity, inventory, and delivery. And some days, you just manage. Work with a banker who understands that helping your business through challenging times takes a thoughtful plan, creative thinking, and a partner you can count on. Work with Bremer Bank, because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today at bremer.com. Our mental health is part of our total well-being. We're worthy of joy and self-care. Because when we see mental health, we see a community that cares www.cmentalhealth.org You know the look. The look of surprise and delight. The look on their faces when you give them a holiday gift that was completely unexpected and yet just right. This year, I'm shaking things up. I'm giving Minnesota Lottery Scratch Games to friends and coworkers. There are four festive games to make the season bright. I promise you, seasonal scratch games will be a big hit at your office parties and gift exchanges. It's a new way to show your holiday appreciation to those special folks who've helped you all year long. Best of all, Minnesota Lottery Scratch Games are quick and easy to buy during this busy time of the year. So, shake things up. You'll love the look they give you, and they'll love to play. Minnesota Lottery, I am in, must be 18 or older to play. I understand that fear. I think that is very, uh, very reasonable thought process. But where we are in today's society, I think that it is also detrimental not to get your children checked out. Even if you have a hint of an idea that something's happening, Get your child checked out just to see. And, you know, sometimes assessments happen and there's nothing that's found it there. Sometimes assessments happen and they find all types of stuff, things that you didn't even think that were possible. But it's important to get those things checked up. One thing that I've learned in my clinical practice and working with a lot of adolescents is that their issues that they were showing when they were adolescents, there were issues that they were showing when they were like four or five, six years old, things that happened years before they actually came to therapy or got diagnosed. And I thought I always thought that that was odd. And it was really my, you know, my clients of color, mostly my black clients who will wait so long. And when you do things uh, for folks who are not familiar in the mental health world, we do what's called a diagnostic assessment. And that's usually one of the first things that are that's done before uh, somebody actually gets to the actual talk therapy process is that you have to do a diagnostic assessment and you'll interview or or ask questions of parents of the clients and, and get kind of a background of the of what's happening with the client. And one of the things that I noticed is with my Black clients, man, their parents, their grandparents, whoever their caregivers were, they would say, hey, these were things that we've seen years ago. We just minimized it or we tried to do an alternative approach or we just, just didn't deal with it at all. We just moved on. And these are things that could have been curbed a long time ago, but with something as serious as autism, being able to get those early interventions are great because it helps develop the skill sets that the young person will need to survive and navigate the world with uh, ASD, with this particular disorder. So again, it's not uh, ASD specific, but it's something that we just notice within the communities that a lot of folks just, they just downplay what is going on in their children's life and, and, and life. And I want to just reiterate, if you feel that something's off, if you notice something's off, 
if you are getting this feedback from other people, but you might not recognize it yourself, do take it upon yourself to engage with a professional to see if anything may be wrong with your child. So many people don't do that. And unfortunately, we end up starting services way down the road. We want to be as preventative as possible and make sure that we are um, make sure that we're utilizing uh, interventions that are helpful. But it's hard to do that when we've missed so much time to service your young person because you know you had some fear, some guilt, some stigma. So we have to work on that to the best of our ability. Um, let me get back to the article and it kind of reiterates what I said here. It says doctors may opt to take, so they're saying, hey, this isn't just on the parents. That's who I'm focusing more on my teacher because you have most of the authority here. There's also a, um, a responsibility from the professionals. And they stated that, hey, some doctors only receive small amounts of information and training when it comes to autism or other medical conditions from a cultural perspective. So a lot of times they may minimize things and, and this is the craziest part. The doctors may minimize things that are happening to not see, be seen as racist because of the they have already been exposed to institutional racism and how the medical practices have been, you know, quote unquote, have been racist <laughs> over time. So what they would do is that they would kind of scale back to give these families some opportunity and space and not and not give them you know the real so to say because they don't want to institutionalize the people so it's almost a reversal of what we what we what we want to happen is we don't we want the practices and the cultural elements to meet in the middle and and people to be mindful of them but we want we don't want people to not effectively do their jobs and to pull back from things so that they're not you know diagnosing more african american young people than they need to because if those young people have asd they need to be diagnosed um so what this article is saying is doctors may opt to take a wait and see approach to the developing to the developmental monitoring which can result in a child going through multiple rounds of evaluations before diagnosis black children are often misdiagnosed with intelligent with, with sorry with intellectual disabilities or mood disorders first further prolonging the process. So there, there's a delay that takes place that actually contributes to this later diagnosis taking place because the interventions are happening because these kids are not getting diagnosed early. So this is a full, well-rounded um, expectation that we all have to see here when it comes to race, ethnicity, and culture. When it comes to those three things, and it plays a role in the health and the mental health of our children, we have to be more mindful. And this is why I do a lot of the work that I do um, currently with professional development is making sure that people aren't afraid to lean into cultural understandings and aren't afraid to use their power in their positions in their um, professions as well to make that systematic change. Because a lot of times people are making these adjustments and these adjustments are not getting to the most accurate results for young people again, this is just one it's just one of the features that we're focusing on but we can see this in other elements as well uh one more thing from the article that i wanted to point out that i thought was interesting was the role of pr uh, primary health care providers now we don't think about primary health care providers all the time when we talk about mental health and i know this is a mental health podcast mm -hmm. but a lot of times i would say primary health professionals and educators are one of the uh, first kind of lines of defense to say, hey, something's not going quite right here. 
with this child, let me make a referral for some mental health therapy or treatment. And I think with primary care providers, those, you know, pediatricians, those types of folks, those family doctors, those folks building a good rapport and trust and, and being authentic as much as possible with your clients may open up the door for a warm handoff to some mental health treatment. So I don't want to put all the pressure on those primary health care providers, but I do want to say that, hey, don't forget, if you are one of those people or you, or you work with one of those people, that you want to build these healthy relationships because that recommendation can be um, one of the things that leads to the, to the services happening a lot sooner. So um, I know it's a tough job, uh, especially when you have multiple clients at one time and you're popping in and out of rooms back and forth and making sure that people's medical information is accurate. There's a lot of stress in that as well, but they do play a pivotal role. And same thing with teachers. Teachers play a pivotal role as well. Teachers spend just as much time with their kids as they do with their own. And that's probably a scary thing to think about, but it is a reality. And they see things. They know your kid just as well as you do a lot of the times. So if a teacher's giving you some feedback that the young person in your life is showing some signs that are a little off from their peers or they may be disconnected or disassociated, take that seriously and get that young person checked out. So just want to bring that up because this article is pretty fascinating. Um, when you add culture into the mix, when you add how people respond to race, racism, ethnicity and culture, uh, it can have detrimental impacts, but it's not just one sided. You know, this article, I thought, did a good job at maintaining some balance. And what I mean by that is it's always just because there's a disparity and the disparity happens to somebody who's black doesn't mean that racism was the reason. And I know in this current world that we live in, racism gets blamed for everything, but we don't always get the full context. And it's important for us to get the full context because it ain't just always racism. Sometimes there's other elements that show up as well. Most people are well-meaning people. They're not intentionally trying to harm folks. We don't live in that type of society anymore. There are people who are who do who are out there, I should say, who do intend to cause harm. But those people, I think, are few and far between. So don't think that there's just a boogeyman trying to give all these kids autism or don't, don't want to help. Most people go into the professions because they care and they want to do a good job and they don't matter what color um, or what ethnicity or race. The person is from. So I'd like to mention that because sometimes we get we we psych ourselves out. We get what we call racial battle fatigue, um, where we go through this mental gymnastics to avoid racism, and then we don't always take the best care of ourselves. So I like to always ring that alarm and ring that bell and say, hey, sometimes it ain't racism that's the problem. It's the the perception of racism in our lives that's causing the issue where racism might not even be present. That doesn't mean racism doesn't exist. What it means is don't think that everything that happens to you is because you are not white or that you are facing racism. So with that, we're going to wrap up the podcast. We can talk about that on a whole another podcast and go to a much, much more of a deep dive. My name is Brandon Jones. This is It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast where we engage parents, caregivers, and young people around the topic of mental health. There are three ways that you can check us out. The first way is at my website, jegna.org. That's J-E-G na.org, jegna.org, where you can find some of the things that I do, some of my work there. You can, also, you can also check us out at our Facebook page. It is not your fault. The Teen Mental Health Podcast on Facebook. All you have to do is search It's Not Your Fault Podcast. You can find us. I have this article as well as other episodes posted there. And then the third place you can find us is shalettamakesmelaugh.com. That is shaletta, 
makesmelaugh.com, where you can find me and a whole fleet of awesome podcasters all aiming to make this world a better place. All right, that's it for me. Be safe, be constructive, be well. Talk to you soon. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to SheLetterMakesMeLaugh.com. Unleash the power of smile for your team. Delta Dental of Minnesota offers coverage to fit your unique small business, leading to a better benefit package and a happier team. Visit DeltaDentalMN.org forward slash small business. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now, so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025, making our already industry-leading network even faster, smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community, and will continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. When I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited, but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. If you were recently around someone with COVID-19, it's a good idea to test yourself to see if you have it. If you have symptoms like fever, cough, congestion, sore throat, or loss of taste or smell, it's a good idea to test yourself to see if you have it. Testing regularly is an excellent way to help stop the spread of COVID-19, and it helps protect your family, friends, and others in our community. Rapid tests are simple and quick. You use a nasal swab and you will have your results in about 15 minutes. You can take this COVID-19 test right in your own home. Best of all, you can get free rapid tests delivered right to your address. That's right, I said free. While supplies last, Minnesota households are eligible to order eight free rapid at-home COVID-19 tests each month. So protect yourself and others during this busy time of year. The website to order your free at-home rapid tests is simple. Just go to sayyeshometest.org. Once again, that's sayyeshometest.org. Metro Transit is hiring right now. Metro Transit is looking for mechanics and technicians. These workers do the important work of diagnosing, repairing, and performing preventative maintenance on Metro Transit buses, light rail, commuter trains, and other vehicles. Metro Transit is hiring for maintenance of the way technicians for tracks and railway systems. Starting pay ranges from $29.72 to up to $41 an hour. 
If you're looking for a secure job that offers a great salary, competitive benefits, and a pension, look no further than Metro Transit. Right now, there's even a $4,000 hiring bonus for these positions. Sweet. Find out more at metrotransit.org slash mechanic dash hiring. That's metrotransit.org slash mechanic dash hiring. Keep your community on the move with a new career with Metro Transit. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. Metro Transit is hiring right now. Metro Transit is looking for mechanics and technicians. These workers do the important work of diagnosing, repairing, and performing preventative maintenance on Metro Transit buses, light rail, commuter trains, and other vehicles. Metro Transit is hiring for maintenance of the way technicians for tracks and railway systems. Starting pay ranges from $29.72 to up to $41 an hour. If you're looking for a secure job that offers a great salary, competitive benefits, and a pension, look no further than Metro Transit. Right now, there's even a $4,000 hiring bonus for these positions. Sweet! Find out more at metrotransit.org slash mechanic dash hiring. That's metrotransit.org slash mechanic dash hiring. Keep your community on the move with a new career with Metro Transit. Are you a woman known as a good listener? Do you have skills in de-escalating situations? Are you what they call a people person? Then the Minneapolis Police Department would like to meet you. Now in a rebuilding phase, the Minneapolis Police Department is recruiting more women to wear the badge. The department offers career options for women with a high school diploma or GED. There are also opportunities for women with two and four year degrees who are ready to apply their skills in new ways. Police work makes a great second career for social workers, teachers, nurses. Women in their 30s and 40s are welcome to apply. There's no age cap. You'll be paid while you train and mentored by veteran women officers invested in your success. Minneapolis also welcomes current police officers to join the state's largest department. Make a difference on the streets, working in your community, in a career with competitive salaries and generous benefits. Go to MinneapolisMN.gov and search police jobs to find out more. At General Mills, our table is your table, and we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at GeneralMills.com forward slash racial equity.